The one episode of Curse of Cowardly Dog with uh, Bunny and Kitty, I think, mm-hmm. that was lesbian coded. Oh, and that's 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 one of them that I do remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't watch it that often, but I do remember that one. I remember it being creepy. That was <laughs> lesbian coded. <laughs> <laughs> There's people who are like, yeah, it was very scary. <laughs> They're just homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, hated that episode. I don't know how I felt about that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hand Me Down Podcast. We are your hosts. My name's Natalia. And I'm Alan. And today we have another October special episode for you, spilled with filled with a bunch of spooky things mm-hmm. um as you can tell I got, I got another spooky shirt on today i don't have a lot of spooky wear but i decided to wear something a little bit more fall mm-hmm. um it has been getting a little bit more a, a little cooler in los angeles thank god But i just feel like i look like a scarecrow so i guess i can be my costume <laughs> <laughs> so alan's the scarecrow i'm the scary house um but so today is a special episode because we have added a third member to the team who we'll give little shout out to right now, uh, who is doing an awesome job behind the scenes. It is Milena Ortega, and she is our associate producer for the show. So welcome to the team. Yeah. Everybody clap. Here, let me. <laughs> there we go. No, that time is not that loud. Yeah, I, I adjusted it this time. Um, we'll put a picture of her if you guys are watching through video. And if not... <laughs> You'll see her on our Instagram sometime. So follow us there. Which reminds me, let's do a little bit of housekeeping before we move on with the rest of the episode. Thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate it. Or listening if you are listening on a podcast platform. If you are listening on a podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else, uh, make sure to give us a rating on the podcast. If they let you, give us a review. And we would really appreciate that and share it with your friends. Um, If you are listening or watching on YouTube, thank you. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Also, follow us on our social medias at Hand Me Down Pod on Instagram and TikTok. We post a lot of our clips there, so if you ever miss an episode, you won't miss the highlights because we post the highlights on our social media. Also, engage with us on there. Let us know what you think of the episodes, and you know, give us nice comments. We love to read those. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't give us mean comments. We really don't like reading those. <laughs> I think all the comments so far have been pretty nice. I don't think we've ever had like, we haven't had like a mean comment. We Thank God. Knock on wood. Yeah. You can be our first hater. Just kidding. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't be our first hater. <laughs> but anyways, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and move on with the rest of the episode. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. We appreciate all your support. Today, we will be taking a stroll through the internet as we always do, to talk about Bad Bunny and the stuff that's been going on with him in the internet, on TikTok, and on Twitter recently. We're going to be talking about some spicy stuff on the internet as well. That Okay, that sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I meant... Whoa. <laughs> You'll see when we get there. Um, and then we will be talking about uh, nostalgic Halloween specials and, you know, get we'll start getting spooky again, just like last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and to top off the episode, we'll be talking about the scariest thing of all, pursuing art as Latina people. So <laughs> <laughs> stick around. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Mm-hmm. We always check in with one another. Alan, how are you doing today? I beca- I, I came prepared this time for this question. I usually Ooh. I'm like, I'm good, I'm fine. I'm cool. <laughs> I have started a little garden. Oh, yeah, I it started when I wanted to make like pasta and I was like, I need basil. So I went to Smyrna Final and I bought I was looking for basil, but they didn't just have like the fucking leaves. Mm-hmm. So I had to fucking buy a plant. Oh, like, like a live plant with like dirt and shit. Uh-huh. Um, so it was delicious. The basil was delicious. Um, but a couple of days ago, I noticed that the plant was getting kind of sad because it was like, in a little tiny pot so i was like okay well i should probably move it into a big pot and then i was like maybe i'll get some like other herbs like to just have it's always good to have to have some so Mm -hmm. uh i went with my girlfriend to home depot and um we did the sunday actually after after our night out on saturday um and i went home depot i bought some dirt um just kind of funny like buying dirt (laughs) like who (laughs) who so who sells dirt? Who capitalizes off of dirt? <laughs> Home Depot, like, we have where do questions. They get it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tangent. Um, I went and I bought some thyme 
I bought some cilantro and I bought a serrano pepper plant because mm. I was like, I want to see if this works. And then yesterday I planted them all. I planted some on some pots and moved the basil to a bigger plot, p- pot and then planted the actual serrano pepper plant in the in the in the ground. Ooh. Now I'm just watching them thrive and grow wow. my little babies. Uh, the time is English time. Um, Ooh, like British? Yeah, so uh. <laughs> I, I was brainstorming um, names, and I'm calling that one Colin for colonizer. <laughs> 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 I, I need to learn the other's personalities before I can name them, but that's, that's, that's how I am. I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm plant daddy now. <laughs> Hi, my name's Colin, short for colonizer. <laughs> So I want to think of like good stuff for the other ones too. So um, that that's that's how I've been. How have you been? <laughs> well, that's such a fun hobby to start. I'm excited to see the thank garden you, grow because I feel like I've only ever don't grown digital gardens like on like Minecraft. I mean, I'm not a Minecraft girly, but yeah, like, like Minecraft. Well, like, like what else? Um, like you know those like games like on your phone like early 2000s like farmscapes and like or not mm. that's not early 2000s heyday like, well heyday is new yeah well, newer but like heyday-esque mm. games i played farmville missed that og farmville i think about it every day there's a farmville <laughs> too but it has like nothing like it doesn't live up to the hype dang well so you made you made farmville yourself you started yeah, they, I, I made it into a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, dang, planting planting is so fun. I wish it was real. <laughs> like, I wish you can plant for real. But it's been it's been fun so far. So let's see how it is. That's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, I've been good. Uh, Milena and I just had a bomb dinner. I've heard. Like, I heard about it. Yeah. So I, we tried the Trader Joe's Bedia. Mm-hmm. And I was a little skeptical at first because like, you know, it's Trader Joe's, it's Trader, it's Trader Joe's, it's like packaged stuff. Um, and I saw it a lot on TikTok and my sister had tried it and she was like, it's actually pretty good. Like, and so I was like, okay, if she says it's good, then we got to try it. And we went last time. I didn't find it, but also because I get really overwhelmed in Trader Joe's. So I don't think I was looking correctly. There's no places to hide there. No. <laughs> no nooks no, and crannies. No nook. Not a nook or a cranny in sight. And my heart is just beating out of my chest the whole freaking time. But uh, we didn't find it last time. And then this time, and then I went and she texted me. She was just like, look what I found. I was like, let's get it. And then so we made it today. And what can I say other than what my grandma says is, Barillita llena corazón contento. Oh, that's because <laughs> that, that shit was kind of good like i'd give it i think i'd give it like an eight out of yeah i really i good. i also tried it um maybe like a few months back and i was also like mm, i don't know but for it being pre-packaged mm-hmm. and for it being from trader joe's it was pretty good and i've heard a lot of people a lot of latino yeah. people say that so yeah yeah credit where credit is due it's exactly. not the best of course but mm. maybe give it like a seven definitely not the best but for delicious. having it in what it took like Four minutes to microwave or something. Oh, we did it on the stove, but like. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Chefing it up. One step further. (laughs) Another thing that has been like recent that um, we're we're filming this on October 10th. This will be out in on October 15th. Um, But as of today, Governor Newsom has signed the ban of Skittles or like uh, the red number three, which we had talked about in episode two three three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one of those i I think it might have been episode two um he just passed it and i have had three separate people send it to me (laughs) 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 and my reaction is always the same i just fell to my knees (laughs) because it was my sister who sent it to me because she had watched the episode and then i was just like dude alan's gonna be so crushed (laughs) and she was like i know Hot Cheetos and Skittles. Hot Cheetos are going too. Well, I believe that we're number three. I mean, that oh shit, we right. <laughs> we did we did do an entire episode on this. Wait, I forgot. I'm like, wait, what do you mean Hot Cheetos? <laughs> but again, my theory is correct. They never mentioned the Hot Cheetos, just the Skittles. So it's like, oh my god, I don't know what to do on Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> we just get hit left and right with Latinophobia, but that's sad actually. But I mean, I guess not for. They must have done it for a good reason, for like health. For a good reasons. reason, I guess. I mean, it'll probably push the companies to like figure something else out, you know. Yeah. Give me that natural dye. <laughs> uh, Give me the natural dye. 
strawberry flavored. But anyways, we we can go ahead and move on to Internet Corner. Internet Corner. So I don't know if you would like to go first. I've been talking. Well, actually, okay, because this kind of goes hand in hand with what we just touched upon which is like the hot cheetos okay um so i came across this guy on my for you page um i don't know if anybody's ever seen the no reaction guy on tiktok wait a minute i i think i might know yes (laughs) uh i don't know if it's this guy but i yeah it might be this similar style of content okay i came across this for the very first time on my for you page and I, I don't know how because it's so big. Like he gets so many views. And what he does is he just like eats so many spicy things, like combines, makes like an ultimate combination of really spicy foods and eats them in like less than a minute. And I guess we'll just like... No reaction. No reaction. But we'll watch this clip that I found. It doesn't really need audio, right? Um, or should I play it? Or do I want to hit the crunch? Is this an ASMR? Type he of just like narrates like what he's okay. doing. So you, like you don't need to. Okay. Well, let's watch it now. Red Takis, flaming hot Cheetos. Oh, spicy he eats them all milk. at once. Yeah. Ew! What the hell's that? Spicy milk. Hot sauce. Ew! <laughs> Ew! One chip challenge. Oh the one chip challenge. Ew. He kind of scares me. Yes, he he's like Vecna. <laughs> he gives Vecna energy. <laughs> Vecna's just in the corner, like. <laughs> Last bite. I'm not even worried for his mouth. I'm worried for the other end. <laughs> what does that look like? <sighs> like, do you think he throws up no after this? No reaction. I don't know, cause he does it so often. But I like saw it, and I was just like. Dude, that's Choro City right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. Ew. <laughs> I've, I, this one was, I think this one was a lot grosser than the ones I've seen because he mixes everything. Yeah. I've seen the ones where he's just like, he starts off with like a hot cheetah and he goes, like a little chipmunk. And then he like moves on to like a pepper. And then like the peppers get hotter or something. Or like, and then he like takes a shot of hot sauce. But he, Ew. Does it all in one go? And it's just so red. I mean, that's why they're banning this shit. Yeah. Look how red all that shit was. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, the no reaction guy. This guy, fuck. This guy. <laughs> no, it'd be actually funny because you know, like in like when they're in Congress and they want to ban something to bring like evidence. It'd be <laughs> so funny if someone like a Congress person like brought this TikTok and was like, "Look, this is evidence. This, this is what is it's doing evidence. to our kids." Like this is like when Mo- Michelle Obama tried to like make <laughs> yeah. all of our foods healthy. It's because of this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> They're ruining it for everybody. Thanks. Michelle Obama would be so disappointed in you, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> they ruin everything for us with those blue ass eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed too, because I was like, okay, we see them. <laughs> He's like peering into my soul. Like, okay, show off it's, much. It's like the Miley Cyrus meme where she's just like, <laughs> or like the memes that are just like nobody Mexicans from Jalisco. <laughs> Just like I, I find it so weird sometimes when people wear contacts like to have different colored eyes like mm. like as an accessory mm. i don't know if that's controversial for me to say <laughs> but it's weird it is a little strange i'm just like oh yeah i kind of feel bad too like the, like don't don't conform to white beauty standards yeah have you ever wished that your eyes were a different color? No, I don't think I would look good. Like, um, not even when you were younger, when it was like trendy to like, no, really? Uh, proud Mexican, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really. Um, maybe lighter eyes, just because I feel like my eyes are so dark. It kind of, they all kind of just like blend together. Me looking into the camera. <laughs> I don't know, guys. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a l- lighter shade of brown but not uh-huh. not like blue or green you did you i feel like when like elementary school there was like this trend where not a trend but there was just like this romanticization how, how do you say that word? romanticization <laughs> romanticization okay. uh-huh. there was this like romanticization of like biracial kids do you remember that when we were younger and a little bit like they just really wanted like people of color to have blue eyes and they're just like they would like make edits of like celebrities who were people of color and 
put blue eyes on them and they're just like 10 times better so much hotter and i'm like what i was not in that circle really <laughs> no <laughs> you're like Huh? I was I was up I was with you up until one moment I thought we were just gonna talk about how like people are like mixing and matching like the best traits of like the different things. Oh to no! Create, like no. A, this was like 2010s, like early 2010s. I don't remember that. Oh my god! Really? It was. It Where'd was. Did you like see a this? Of, TikTok wasn't. No, it was like a. It was like a lot of like in the fangirl culture. Uh, um, uh, so it was like kind of rare or it, it didn't even have to be like a person of color. It could just be like a white person that just had brown eyes. And then they would like edit the eyes to be blue. And they were just like so much better, so much hotter. And I was like, ew. and because it was like, that was all I saw. I was like, yeah, so much better, so much hotter. And then like wishing I also had mm. lighter colored eyes and just like, or like the superlatives in my, um, middle school like at the end of the yeah, year yeah, yeah. if they had like a best eyes mm. award and there were always people with blue eyes oh yeah yeah i'm like okay what <laughs> always it's like okay we know this food with like green eyes, or like, it was like green or blue yeah green but blue. i was just like okay well i guess they are nice but yeah give us some love i don't know <laughs> give, give your brown eyed girl some love today <laughs> hashtag brown eye love challenge <laughs> <laughs> I love your brown eyes. No, but funny. wow, what a what a tangent! But what a right? what a great tangent about uh -huh. to talk about um unrealistic, not unrealistic, but like white European beauty standards. Mm -hmm. But moving on with Internet Corner, um, I want to talk about Bad Bunny's new album. Which by the time this episode comes out, the album would have already been out, but it it's not out right now. So I can't speak on the actual album itself as of late. But um, he's releasing a new album. I'm excited. I'm a Bad Bunny fan. Um, he has been getting a lot of hate, which is interesting. Mm. And I don't know. I would, I would, I would like to get your take on this. Um, I know you're not like a Bad Bunny fan. I know you fuck with some of the songs. I but dabble. Yeah, you dabble. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting to see kind of like the demise of Bad Bunny. Um, because it kind of, not that it didn't come out of nowhere, but I feel like there were instances in the past where he's said and done other things that were a lot worse than what he's done now. Mm -hmm. And now is a moment that he's being canceled. And a lot of that is being fueled because of his relationship with Kendall Jenner. Yeah. So I'm just like, he said, uh, he said, th that's what bugs me. Mm. Like he said worse shit before in the past. And this is what you guys are choosing the die on <laughs> like the hill to die on <laughs> i draw the line at the jenners yeah. i draw the, you i can excuse this 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 but the jenners no <laughs> and i get the whole thing that it's like oh he's supposed to be for the culture and he's getting like someone who's been known to like kind of be a culture vulture with her iguane tequila and just like the whole family is like appropriating by culture and things like yeah. that i get that but where was that energy in the past when he said other things about uh reggaeton and just like that he doesn't know anything to like black artists or something like that like yeah jesus i mean this is a tangent but you said culture vulture and i think that <laughs> that's the craziest term i've ever heard and i've never it. heard I've it i've never heard culture vulture <laughs> that's good that's really good <laughs> I good like, job <laughs> i didn't create it i don't know who created it <laughs> i was just stuck on that but anyway back to your original question i have noticed that too because i feel like during the pandemic, he kind of said like a few yeah. things or during the summer 2020, the Black Lives Matter. It, it was just he he he's also profiting. He's also profiting off of a uh, art form that is made by black artists. Mm -hmm. reggaeton, reggaeton comes from like reggae. Yeah. Um, and during the whole Black Lives Matter movement, he, he didn't say anything for so long. And people were like, well, you're profiting off of like. Mm. something that has been culturally of black creation um and then he eventually did come out with a statement and it was kind of a little bit like mm. like he he talked about it, he's like yeah they used to make fun of me because like my hair was like a little bit different or something like that mm. and i was like huh <laughs> just completely beating around the bush yes, type. like okay so it, all that stuff happened and like i don't know and all of a sudden now now the hate's here so i I don't know. I feel like definitely him dating Kendall, right? Kendall Jenner. Um, 
I feel like brings him into a different kind of limelight than like he's used to being like he's usually like his audience is like Latino people are people that were only watching more Latino people and then now that he's like broadened out more to like the type of demographic that Kendall or the Jenners or the Kardashians might appeal to then it's like people feel a little bit more like entitled to say something or like not entitled but what's the word like they think they're like they're all of a sudden they're like put on their responsibility pants and they're like wait a minute (laughs) but it's just but but do you see why that is is when he gets in a relationship with someone that that happens I think it just comes down to people just feeling entitled to celebrities, but also like, yes, call him out when he's doing yes. things, but like not just when he's dating a bigger celebrity. Yeah, um, It's like celebrities are going to be celebrities. Like, what did you expect? Yeah. Like, he's huge. Like, what did you expect? I, yeah. I don't know. Um, other Bad Bunny tangents. Um, he released a new song and people were saying like, oh, like this sucks. Like Bad Bunny's losing his touch, like his past songs. I'm like... Like he, I like everything sounds the same. I'm like this year alone, he's released so many songs that sound that he's been like exploring. Um, uh, Un por ciento with Grupo Frontera. Uh, he did Where She Goes, which is like I love that song, and it's a, it sounds a little bit different from the stuff he does. He had a song with the Gorillas, Tormenta, mm-hmm. which is like what he's like doing different things. Um, anyways, I'm defending him, but I also have criticized him and continue to criticize him for other stuff but i just think sometimes it's unfair the song he made with drake okay i'm not here to defend that (laughs) i don't like that song (laughs) that i'll swallow my words a little bit about that song specifically (laughs) (laughs) but all the other songs yeah at least but also at least he's like trying to experiment yeah but yeah people like that song yeah one last bad bunny thing before we move on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm on a bad but I've had all this built up. <laughs> Did you see his wig? I have not. No. No. Because when he announced the new album, he he uh, he put out a video and he takes off or like we see him and he's bald again. Mm. He's in his bald era, which you know how I feel about the bald era. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fuck with the bald era. Um, I like his hair, but he's bald again. And then people were like, wait, but we just saw him like at the billboard, the Latin billboard awards and he had hair. And then someone like did some digging and they found like a wig. It's like the backwards hat with like hair. (laughs) (laughs) And people were just posting the wig everywhere. Now everybody's like, now when I see a video of him, I'm like trying to see if he's wearing the wig. Let me show you the wig. He Hannah Montana does. (laughs) Bad Bunny Hannah Montana does. Let me see. No way. Because you see how it's like the hat? Yeah. (laughs) This is him being in his bald era again. I kind of hate that wig. I hate that picture (laughs) of the wig. Like it's It's such a horrid picture of the wig. Like it makes me physically uncomfortable (laughs) to see the hair peeking out of the cap. Is there a brim? Oh, okay. Thank God there's a brim at least. I thought it was one of the brimless hats. But But that's that's you're you're now caught up with bad bunny lore. (laughs) As of as of now. (laughs) I'm gonna have trust issues now. (laughs) Which, you know, make wigs more popular for guys. Yeah, because that one was just like, it was like a t- <laughs> what stance is that? <laughs> it was a two for one special with that one. <laughs> you got the, the hat and the hair, taking hat hair to a new level. Yeah, I mean, I feel like women in the industry wear wigs a lot. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. Okay, forgive me, Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we've had fun dabbling in our internet corner, we're gonna get onto a little bit of the spooky aspect of the episode, which is <laughs> yeah, twenty like. 20- 24 minutes in. We're 24 <laughs> minutes in. Let's get spooky, everybody. <laughs> from uh, now on, it's going to be spooky, though. From now until the end of oh, the episode. Oh, from now until the end of the episode, we're going to be scared. Um, so today, we're going to touch upon Halloween specials, and I think a little bit more specifically, Halloween specials that we saw as kids, um, and just kind of talk about them, see which ones were our favorites, which ones had very significant cultural impacts on our lives. 
Um, I mean, as somebody who loves Halloween, I don't know if, if Halloween is one of your favorite holidays or. I like to dress up. <laughs> so like very dress up, much so. Say. And I think I no, I've always liked to dress up like as a kid, mm-hmm. um, trying to be scary and shit. I, I did like Halloween a lot as soon as I. When that uh, thriller commercial from Party City came on, ooh, I would watch it all the way through. Did you ever get those like, you know how you get like paper mail, like junk mail? Mm-hmm. But during October, they would start to be the costume ones. Yeah. Uh, I would sit and look at those <laughs> for hours on end. <laughs> I So I do love Halloween. He's <laughs> like, I actually know anything about it. Love Halloween. <laughs> Adore it. <laughs> but no, I know what you're talking about. And I loved looking at those two. And then I'd always be like, Mom, can we get them? And then she'd bring out the giant bin of hand-me-down costumes. <laughs> Beautiful. Look at this first. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, okay. I, I would like to look at the costumes, but also the decorations. Like, mm-hmm. I've always liked to decorate. And, you know, that's one of my goals. One of my goals is to have enough money where I can decorate the shit out of my house. My inside sister. and out. Like, it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my sister right now, dude. <sighs> but it is fun. It's fun when she decorates. But do you want to get into your first one? The first one that I wrote down is the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. That one had such cultural significance to me. Because it's scary. <laughs> it's genuinely, I was genuinely <laughs> spooked. It was genuinely chills down my spine when Esteban got possessed by the ghost of I Sweet, I'm forgetting the number, I want to say like uh-huh. 316 or something, um, which I'd be totally wrong. And just like the way that his voice changes and then like the way that he like he looks, yeah. the way that he, okay, he killed that role yeah. first of yeah. all. <laughs> Esteban. Always at 110. Always at <laughs> that whole episode. <laughs> 110. His role is Esteban, 110. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it was just so funny. And then the iconic part when he gets put on hold, when he's calling out to the dead, that's probably one of the funniest jokes ever (laughs) in disney history it was such a well-written episode Mm -hmm. i think yeah um just like from beginning to end like the concept of it and then just the jokes yeah jokes jokes are so good Mm -hmm. very very much enjoyed that one i enjoyed that one a lot and i can't wait for it to 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 come up again (laughs) (laughs) well now with disney plus there's not an ad for Disney Plus, but with Disney Plus, we can watch it. That's true. We should. What if we do that after? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> you guys are invited too. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, the one that I have on my list right now is Goosebumps. Mm. This is like nostalgia central. Mm-hmm. When you hear that fucking song, that banger. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, what a great intro. Like, what they were able to do with that show has been unmatched since. What they've been able to do with that uh, Goosebumps property and IP has been unmatched since. I will take that stance. I love Goosebumps. I love the song, as you said. Every time I heard that song, I was, like, intrigued by whatever I was going to watch. Some of them were genuinely really scary. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really fucking scary. And it's, it's... I love the anthology series of it because that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you have so many books, like why wouldn't you make an anthology series? Mm-hmm. And like they, it was like an actual adult show, just a little bit less scary. And I think that's what made it so special. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like trying to tell like little kid stories. Like, no, it was just, I mean, of course the main characters are kids, but it was like the way it looked mm-hmm. was very adult. Like mm-hmm. if it was like, it was like an adult channel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have very fond memories of watching these in, um, in elementary school. Same. Like in school. Or like, read, did you ever read the Goosebumps books? Some of them, but I wasn't a big reader. got too many paper cups so yeah i would read them but in spanish it was called escalofrios (laughs) they were really good but yeah iconic night of the living dummy that one was so scary yeah (laughs) that one made me hate like when there was an american girl doll craze i was like get that bitch away from me (laughs) fuck them dummies (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) in researching for this there is a new goosebumps a series it's going to be on hulu and disney plus oh like upcoming yes Mm. 
by the time this episode comes out, it would have already been out. It comes out October 13th. So it's like perfect. Like I saw this and I was like, no fucking way. I've, I have not heard of this. Maybe because I'm not the target demographic and now I'm like the age of the internet. Like I'm not their target audience. So they're not going to waste money on me. But I didn't know this at all. I have not seen anything about this. Have you? No, I have not seen anything about Goosebumps. It, and that's I when I saw it, I was like, whoa, this might actually be good. I just saw like that it was going to be a show. And I was like, if they go back to their anthology roots and make it a show that's like a new story every episode mm-hmm. with a modern twist, sign me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I watched the trailer. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch it. You were like, Mm-mm. no, it's it's like a story and it's kind of like kind of like the movie. Did you ever see the movie with Jack Black? No, the new one. No, it's it's kind of like um, all the book creatures come to life. Oh, through like magic. And it's kind of just like a like a series, like an actual like episode episode. It, it's going to like have a consistent story. Kind of this guy gets possessed and he's like doing stuff with like the creatures as they come to life or something like that. It didn't it looked like the fucking movie. And I was like, that's that's not what Goosebumps is about. Mm-hmm. Who's making these decisions in the fucking tra- I watched the trailer and in the fucking trailer, they use the song Goosebumps by Travis Scott. I hate that (laughs) (laughs) i hate that i watched it and midway through i heard the the i get those goosebumps i'm like oh my god who greenlit that they replaced the banger with goosebumps by travis scott they had an opportunity to like reprise the banger yeah make it modern make it scarier give it some synth or something and then they brought up, I get those goosebumps every time. <laughs> it was such a modern trailer. Like, you mm. know, that like style. Yeah. Um, another notable thing. Um, Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks is in this. He's <laughs> like the main Long. character. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Long. You may know him from Alvin and the Chipmunks. He plays Alvin. <laughs> he's also barbarian. But yeah, he, he, he he's uh, like the main bad guy. I think it looks like in this movie Dang. or in the series. I love how you know Justin Long as Alvin and and I know him as the fool from Herbie with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> None of his other Rolls. filmography <laughs> roles ever appealed to me. I'm just like, no, that's the fool from Herbie. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what I found out about the new Goosebumps. So Dang. a little bit of a tangent, but you want to go next? Yeah. Dang, Goosebumps. Um, another favorite Halloween. It wasn't technically Halloween, but it was scary as book was Courage the Cowardly Dog which traumatizing traumatizing show um I was traumatized by Courage the Cowardly Dog I think growing up and my sister loved it so she would watch it all the time and she would be like you guys just don't understand the complexities of these <laughs> characters that Courage is like encountering. She was like 10. You're just not smart enough. It's like the Rick and Morty fans. Like you just don't have like the current IQ to get this show. I was like, oh, I get that. I'm freaked the fuck out. I understand that. I feel that in my stomach. Um, but it was always so scary. But I learned to be... Or like, I'm also a fan of like scary things. Uh So I would like kind of watch it all the time. And we would always watch it at my grandma's house too. And my grandma is like the thrift queen where like almost every single thing in her house is like antique or like thrifted. Mm -hmm. So it's like that creep factor. Plus watching Curse the Cowardly Dog and just like the bizarre characters that he would run into. I was like... How am I going to sleep on the pullout couch tonight? Like, I'm so scared. (laughs) It was very scary. But the one episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog with uh, Bunny and Kitty, I think, Mm -hmm. that was lesbian coded. Oh, and that's 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 one of them that I do remember. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it that often, but I do remember that one. I remember it being creepy. That was lesbian coded. (laughs) There's people who are like, yeah, it was very scary. (laughs) They're just homophobic. (laughs) They're like, yeah, hated that episode. I I don't know how I felt about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, props to the creators of that because they didn't shy away from like actually making it creepy for the Mm. kids who actually 
fucked with that and and wanted to push their boundaries on on that um yeah they, they saw their vision and they went with it so mm-hmm. appreciate them very much it's a very iconic show very iconic for cartoon network mm-hmm. which talking about cartoon network um one of mine is a halloween special called scary godmother i remember this one but not a lot i yeah it's it's very i would always watch it when it was on very bad animation <laughs> i do remember that but it had such a charm the mm. monsters were nice <laughs> um the kids were annoying i i i appreciate it mm. that's how i learned a lot about monsters not really but it was nice <laughs> <laughs> it was educational they were nice <laughs> yeah. but the real monster is within <laughs> just mm-hmm. like whatever lesson but that's that's all i have to say about scary godmother <laughs> She was scary. What can I say? Scary Nina. Um, I don't know if we even want to go into the other ones. Okay. Well. Or do you want to? Um, um really quick. Um, the another one is the Treehouse of Horror specials from The Simpsons. Those are iconic. Those were my favorite Simpsons episodes mm. because they weren't canon. Like they could do whatever they wanted to these characters. Um, no rules when it came to these specials. And again, going back, I learned a lot of American culture from the Simpsons. I learned a lot of they would always parody a horror film, a classic horror film or a classic horror show or like a story that has been like, that's in popular media and culture in the US. Um, And I learned so much because of it. Like I I watched these episodes of The Simpsons, like the one where he, they parody The Shining before I watched The Shining. Um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, they did that as well. Um, So just learning a lot of this stuff. Um, Very great episodes, just... Uh, very funny. I enjoyed them. Very whimsical. Some of my favorite things to to watch during Halloween time. I think. Did you make me watch one one time? I don't remember. Maybe because I do remember Treehouse of Horror. Like I remember mm-hmm. that name. Yeah, I I might have. Maybe. But some of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. what you pre-gamed The Shining with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Simpsons. Um, so I'm like, sometimes when I watch a horror movie, I'm like, oh, that's where this is from. Mm. <laughs> like, that's where The Simpsons got this. <laughs> Makes it funnier. You're like, dude, they copied The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you guys seeing this? Dude, The Simpsons totally predicted that. <laughs> I need to get a podcast so I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah simpsons again dear dear near and dear to my heart especially these halloween episodes mm-hmm. but cool moving into the final part into the final scary part final so scary part. <laughs> i think we've been talking about spooky things and there's one thing that i would say is the spookiest of them all and that is pursuing art as latino people <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to think of like a scary like second half to this episode because the second half is usually a little bit more like kind of grounded and like mm. serious. Mm. <laughs> you you made that joke and I was like, oh, that's perfect because it is so scary. <laughs> he was like, what like what scary thing can we talk about? I was just like pursuing our as Latino people because it's terrifying. <laughs> and I approved it, greenlit it right there and there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but let's let's get into it. Let's get into yeah. the scariness of like why it's even scary to begin with. It's a different kind of scary. Yeah, um, and, and to get into it, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you know you wanted to pursue art, and what was the response from your circle, from your family, from friends? If if you have any stories about that, yeah, I feel like. The moment I knew I wanted to pursue art was actually pretty later in my life. I want to say, like, literally my senior year of high school is when I decided well. that, okay, I want to pursue art. I had always been very fond of art. I had always been, I'd always been artistically inclined. Or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love to be creative and, mm-hmm. and do all that stuff. I never, ever saw it as a mean, like, a, uh, I never saw being creative as a career path that didn't seem possible to me, like in my upbringing. And I have this very fond memory of a friend in sophomore year of high school. 
who I asked her one time, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. And I remember thinking, how? <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking, that's not a real job. Or uh -huh. like, like what do you mean? And um, she, she was just like, yeah, like I want to be a filmmaker. And I was just like, hmm. I disagree with that lifestyle, but whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't say that to her. I didn't say yeah, that to her. In your head. In my head, I was just like, yeah, right. Like, projecting. <laughs> projecting. No, projecting. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until like the next few years where I would like always opt for the creative option for projects, for like yeah, book reports yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, I really enjoy doing this. I really find it being the most fun stress I've been under and it's, it's great. And I have very similar, like, like I, the way I think about it, about it is anytime in school, I would always sniff out <laughs> the fucking how to be creative. Yeah. Sniff out. Can I make a video here? Yeah. How can I be creative here? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think me and you are very similar. I think we're performers. And entertainers, I'm even. <laughs> what? I'm an attention whore. <laughs> <laughs> to put it that way, yes. <laughs> I'm an attention whore. What can I say? <laughs> but we also do it because, you know, we like to bring joy to people's lives who are around us. You know, mm. we, we, we relish in laughter and we always want to be having a good time. Yeah. And having everybody around us have a good time. Um, so like you said, like even when I would do presentations, mm. I would always put on a character. Yeah. I would perform mm -hmm. while I gave a presentation. I remember in high school, um, just like you, and we'll talk about this later, but like, uh, making videos for, for projects, yeah. um, in high school, I was taking an engineering class and we had to present our, it was like a gumball machine that we like designed on the computer mm. um and i was paired up with my friend miguel and i was like dude and we had to present it to the class like we were we were going to market it to the class and i was like dude what if you come dressed up as bill gates and i come dressed up as steve jobs and we do it like a fucking apple event and we fucking did that. I didn't have a turtleneck, so I just like put my shirt up here with like some safety pins, wore some <laughs> Wait, jeans. Wait, what did you safety pin to? No, no, no. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or I forgot what I forgot how I did it, but I used safety pins. Not on my, not on my skin. I was like, <laughs> those fucking weird ass kids that can like put yeah, the needle like that. <laughs> I feel like that's very Latino core too. Yeah. <laughs> but. We did the presentation and I was just like pretending to be Steve Jobs up there and, uh -huh. and for a fucking gumball machine that like wasn't designed good at all, <laughs> <laughs> but like treating it like it was the next iPhone. Uh -huh. But that th those are the memories I have of like also being creative and like yeah. sniffing stuff out. Because it was, it was always that serious. <laughs> it was always, it always was. Serious. And now looking back, I'm like, what did the people like? think of me you're like what did the <laughs> non-creative people think of like the shit that i was doing like this guy again <laughs> this is putting this, this was putting on a performance this is a skit <laughs> we're in class dude latino steve jobs <laughs> dang no because i i would be, do the same like always just trying to perform or and i guess like just like that term perform and i would do like presentations at school were my outlet to put on that yes. kind of performance and i feel like that goes hand in hand with the very little and very short-lived theater experience that we had in college yeah because i didn't pursue theater in high school even though my school was a performing arts school kind of and they were known for theater uh i didn't even think or try to pursue theater because i was i had internalized that's a white person thing like mm -hmm. that's a, that's for white people. That's not for me. That's not for interesting. So you made, so you played mariachi. <laughs> so I played mariachi instead. <laughs> that's what I did in high school. <laughs> but like I just remember always thinking like I can't pursue theater because that's for white people. Interesting. And, and that was also the same thing with film. I can't pursue film because that's for white people. And it wasn't until I got older and like we did talk about this in a, a different episode, and just learning a lot about internalized racism and how mm. that's affected genuinely that's affected by internalizing what you see yourself portrayed as in the media 
and how that goes hand in hand with education achievement gaps. And yeah. that that's literally what got me into filmmaking mm-hmm. is that like research, that research yeah. and like learning about the achievement gap in classrooms for low income students and like um, BIPOC students and how that goes hand in hand with how they see themselves portrayed on the big screen on media. Yeah. And a lot of it had to do with there wasn't enough Latinos in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided like, well, then I'm going to be that person or like, yeah, I'm going to make it my goal so that like not just me as like a Latina woman, but also like as a queer woman that so that when people see, oh, she can do it, then I can do it. So that yeah. was like kind of like why I decided to go into media and stuff like that. And I feel like I've also had similar experiences. I mean, I never went to a school that was a performing arts school. So mm-hmm. that's why I was always sniffing, trying to find stuff that I could do creatively. Um, which says a lot about underfunded schools. Um, not particularly in my high school because, I mean, it still was a public school. Um, but I went to like a, a STEM school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a visual and performing arts still on that campus. But it was a different school, different enrollment. Um, but yeah, I never saw theater also as an option or... Um, when I did want to do filmmaking, um, like, first of all, it's hard to make it in the industry and it's even harder to make it as a Latino. So that very much served as discouragement to, to not pursue that. But, um, I think later in life I was like, well, no, I didn't have that. I want to be the, the example Mm -hmm. for the people who want to do it, Yeah, who want to find this community. Yeah. And I feel like that's why, I mean, speaking for myself, but I think also Loki speaking for you as well, is when we did run that Oregon and campus, the Latina Film and Theater Association, I put so much of my heart into it because of that. Because I was like, I didn't have this growing up. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that this is a spot that everybody else has it for that felt the exact same way. Yeah. And there was a lot of (laughs) us that felt the exact same way. Yeah, I tell the story all the time. It wasn't until college where I found a group of Latino filmmakers who wanted to do the stuff that I wanted to do. It was always me and my cousins and my brother and my friends who I would force them to do this stuff, although they didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. And when I got to college, I was like, yeah, I don't like have to say anything. You guys, you guys just want to do this? Are willingly <laughs> really? <Aww. laughs> Hell yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, and, you know, understanding that we didn't have these resources back then or this, these, this community and building that up at UCLA was, was very special. But mm-hmm. um, what was that response when you knew that you wanted to pursue art? I had somehow gotten it into my head that it was going to be a negative response in my family before I even told them anything. I didn't tell anybody that I applied to college as a film major at all because I was so scared of them disapproving or trying to steer me into a career path that might be more secure and like income and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't tell anybody until I got accepted to UCLA for film school, which was a big deal. I didn't know it was a big deal um, because it's really hard to get in. And uh, I was like, I told my family like, Oh, I got into UCLA. They're like, what What's your major film and television? Oh, like I didn't even know that you wanted to do that and like I didn't know that this Mm -hmm. isn't that and then like my dad got very curious like I'm very thankful that he got very curious instead of instantly trying to steer me in the other way Uh like instead of being like are you sure like he was just like oh so like tell me about that or like because I was always very fond of like media making um but I never expressed that I was interested in going into that as a career path yeah um and so I was just like met with curiosity. I think that was a response. Um, My parents were very curious. My grandparents were really supportive. Mm. They were like, that's so cool. Like, eso, dale, dale. (laughs) And they were like really excited for me. Um, And so I was very fortunate that my family did have that kind of response of like being supportive and um, open to like learning about this different kind of lifestyle and this different form of income that they're not familiar with um mm-hmm. but that was new <laughs> and it was it's so smart of you to have not told 
anyone. Um, although that was hard. Like I, I wish I could have done that, but I couldn't because I've been wanting to do this since I was 10. Mm. <laughs> um, always like if, if you knew me, you knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker, mm-hmm. that I was always making videos, doing yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, wasn't, it wasn't easy tied. Um, which is why I think I did get a lot of that stuff that you were afraid of getting. So mm-hmm. I'm like the living proof of like what that is like, Yeah. which is just, um, and I've talked about this before, but like, especially in a heavily Latino community or like in the low income community, if you are smart or if you show signs of intelligence or like that you're doing well in school because doing well in school and intelligence are two different things. If you're doing well in school, mm-hmm. there are expectations that you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer. an engineer. Those are the three career paths you have if you're going to, if you're doing well in school. And that was always placed upon me by teachers. Although I did have teachers who were very encouraging of my creative stuff, but also by my parents who were like, well, you're going to be an engineer. You're good at math. Uh, that's why I went to a, a STEAM high school uh, or to, to a STEM high school. Um, although at first I wanted to go to a visual and performing arts high school. I wanted to go to the other one on the, on the other side of campus. And my dad kind of steered me into the direction of like going into the engineering school. And, you know, I always say this, like not, I don't mean this in a villainous way or to portray, to portray my parents in a villainous way because I know they know what it's like to struggle financially. And I know that that's just not what they want for me. So out of just like trying to care for me, they're like, do something that will get you money that, that so you won't have to struggle. Um, so they pushed me in that direction and it was towards the end of, and that's, that's what I was kind of like working towards. But it was like junior, senior year where I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to be a filmmaker. Like you've like, obviously I want to be a filmmaker. I'm always doing stuff, but I've always, I was always told this is a hobby. Like work towards your career, yeah. do this on the side. Um, and, and that's, that's the response that I got. Um, again, I think just try it, it was, they meant it with good intent, but it just wasn't thought out 100% of what that could do to to me. Yeah, no. And I definitely get that. And like, um, especially like having your parents be the ones yeah. that are like the, that are trying to steer you in that direction. And it's all from, like you said, their experiences. Yeah. Trying to um, make sure that their kid is able to um, support themselves and without struggle because uh-huh. it's just like struggle is also such a big part of of the Latina yeah. experience <laughs> yeah so like I, I understand it and I don't hold any grudges and mm-hmm. um, you know I wish I would have applied to film schools um, but I'm also not unhappy with where I am today mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with at Orient College. Yeah. Um, I was able to get a lot of my stuff and learn a lot of stuff there um, and build that community for the people who went through the stuff that I went through. Yeah. All that negative or that all that pushing you in a different direction while well, you want to go in something else. Like I wanted to make it that space where, where I felt welcome, where I felt safe, where I felt like this is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And you did do that. You did <laughs> for like... We did that. A we, lot of us did us. that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us. A um, lot of us. Um, um, do you feel now that you have a lot more stuff under your belt with like your portfolios and stuff? Which, by the way, I looked at your portfolio online the other day and I was like, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you feel like maybe the people in your life that were trying to steal you, steer you in a different direction, are they a little bit more receptive towards oh. this still wanting to, yes. you still wanting to pursue this? They have come around to being like, well, you're fucking doing it already. Yeah. Like, like, like go for it. Mm-hmm. Like they understand. Um, and I think it's just through like 
they they know that whatever I'll do, I'll, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of who I who they see me as. And it's just like, well, yeah, like I I'll, I will be fine. Like yeah. I, I will never be struggling that much. Like I'm like very calculated in the way that I do things. So, yeah, um, I think just showing that showing them that like as an adult, I think, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a kid, it's like they don't know what that's going to be like. Yeah. But now that I've shown them like I'm 22, like I can like all the stuff yeah. that I've done. Because I feel like what a lot of people don't take into consideration when choosing career paths or like when their kid shows interest in a certain career path is drive because yeah, yes. like I feel like people like, like yourself have so much drive in this area that it's like, it's so hard to hold that in. It's like, it's, it make, takes more effort to hold in that drive than to like set out and do it because yeah. you're just so driven and you want it so bad and you just like go for it, go for it, go for it. And once people start to see that drive, then that's when like, cause you kind of have to like earn their belief in you in a way mm-hmm. because like art hasn't been a sustainable career path for many people up until recently, really. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's just that drive that you don't really like get at anywhere else. Cause like I was really good at math, like really good at math and people thought that's what I was going to go into. Like mm-hmm. all my teachers and like the people around me, they're like, Oh, she's going to go into math. And then I just decided one day I was like, I'm good at this. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to do this for the rest of my and life. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was pretty good at engineering. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine myself doing this for the rest of my life. Mm-mm. I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, mm. I was also like 18, like having to make <laughs> big life decisions at 18. But I knew that much that I didn't want to do STEM related things for the rest of my life. But shout out to Latinos who do do STEM related things. Yeah, hell yeah. You guys, I look up to you guys so freaking much. You have no idea. Just as... Latino creatives are paving way for other creatives. Mm. People, Latinos in STEM are also paving way yeah. for other Latinos in STEM. All these areas are yeah are uh, predominantly white. So yeah, shout out to any Latino doing anything. <laughs> Round of applause, everybody. <laughs> very very good. But do you want to get into like them now that you're pursuing it mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome uh, or not not being taken seriously of of it all because that's like it's scary mm-hmm. deciding to pursue it and that initial part but now it's also scary while you're in it while you're in <laughs> it and i feel like because it's still the transitional period mm-hmm. of like us kind of like I don't know what's a better term for it other than like bleeding in like that's ominous spooky uh-huh. but like <laughs> bleeding into these big roles and big positions sewing and, our oats yeah kind of mm-hmm. just like going into it and so i'm still very much part of that generation there's still so many people before me that have done so much but now there's more and it just like keeps like we multiply we multiply like uh-huh. we're, we're getting more so the filmmaking industry is predominantly white and predominantly male you put those two together <laughs> you throw me in the mix they hate me the second they look at me without mm-hmm. knowing anything about me, without mm-hmm. knowing anything about my abilities or anything like that. It's just like immediate. You're met with like prejudice. So as a result, you have to deal with a lot of imposter syndrome of like because of my style of filmmaking, my roots of filmmaking is very different than the style of filmmaking of somebody that came from a lot of money because filmmaking is so expensive they have access to so many things, so many trinkets to make their shot look the way that, they're, that they want it to. I didn't have that. So I had to learn how to make something from nothing. And a lot of the times I don't give myself credit for having that kind of knowledge of like being able to maximize the fuck out of whatever I'm using. Yeah. <laughs> like even if it's dirt cheap, even if it's not intendedly if it's not initially intended to be used as a filmmaking tool, I'll make it into a filmmaking tool. I don't care if I don't have it, I'll make it. Mm-hmm. Like that's how, that's always been my attitude towards and filmmaking. Our, our freshman year, we took uh, the same Chicanx class, which we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> but we learned the term rasquachismo, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of that very popular amongst um, Chicanx uh studies uh which is a term of like making the best of what you have Mm -hmm. a lot of the time with art yeah so you coined that 
term with filmmaking. Yeah. I remember you you brought it up. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I was yes. like, oh, we just we just do rasquacha filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like that's our style of filmmaking. Yeah. And a, a lot of the times it's not taken serious by a lot of filmmakers because filmmaking is in is inevitably materialistic. Mm-hmm. Very materialistic. And people get so caught up on what kind of camera you're using and what kind of lights you're using and all of the, the fun gadgets that people become gearheads and they make that their entire personality yeah. and then they call themselves a filmmaker. Baby, you're not a filmmaker. <laughs> like you are, but like don't shit on other people who don't go that route, you know, yeah. because sometimes you just generally can't afford it. And I'm not going to sit here and wait until I can afford a $2,000 light to start doing what I want to do. Yeah. And like, like again, a lot of our examples are going to be a, a of the Oregon college, but we would make our short films and, um, sometimes they, some, the people, some people would watch them and some of the feedback would be like, Oh, well it's, it's like, like, I don't know. Like the quality was like, and I'm like, whenever I got that criticism, I'm like, girl, the, the budget was less than a thousand dollars and more than half of that went to feeding the crew. Like uh-huh. we're doing, the, we're doing the best with what we have. Mm-hmm. And, for the best that what we have, mm. I think they're beautiful films. Yeah. Like not just, not to be biased, but like if you knew what we were using mm-hmm. to make these films, you, I think that would be very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, they instantly want to critique, especially like more independent filmmakers. They want to critique your cinematography. They want to critique this, this and that, which is valid critique that, but they never critique the story. And I'm like, <laughs> critique me on something I'm cap- like capable, capable of changing. Of changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I get where that criticism is coming from, but like, I there's literally nothing I can do. Like, I can yeah. raise money, but we've been, we do raise money, but it's like to feed the crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, people don't want to support an independent art sometimes. <laughs> yeah. People, <laughs> they don't want to shop local. What can we say? <laughs> and it's different for that Ori because it's not like we're just making one film for the year and like mm-hmm. now we're making three. So that's three separate budgets that we have to like raise money for in the span of a couple of months. Yeah. It's not a very long process. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anything else that you would like to say about pursuing an art as a Latina person? If you're thinking about it, do it. Do if, it. If you're a Latino person, you're thinking about pursuing art, do it. Like not to be cheesy, but like go for your dreams, go for what you want. Even when you're, when you're faced with like moments of being discouraged or feeling like you don't belong or feeling like you have to constantly be proving yourself, like in the end, make what you want to make, say what you want to say, and you'll find yourself naturally gravitating towards people who believe in the same things that you do who want to see people like you succeed and who want to support you and I think that is much more valuable than literally any type of dollar like it's (laughs) like you just go for it and it might take some time to get to that point but it will happen and you will have moments where you want to give up or you feel like it's not worth it or you feel like you're the only person with this interest these people will come and they will be the best people you ever meet um so yes pursue it now while you can um well it's the easiest to pursue when you're young um and one of the best pieces of advice that i got is you can do whatever you want to do career-wise because as long as you're driven and as long as you're good, the money will come either way. Mm-hmm. I think that's true about anything. Like if you're really good at something and you're driven, the money will come. Yeah. Like I, I think that was really good advice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The money and the value, which are two different things, but the value also yes. will come stronger than you could ever imagine. <laughs> be persistent, be creative in any way that you can sniff out whenever you can be creative and it will lead you to amazing places. So Real. I love that this also kind of felt like a pep talk to us because we're both unemployed. Right? <laughs> 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 we're both like tr- still trying so hard. We're just projecting. <laughs> we're just like, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, guys. <laughs> it's all going to work out. 
<laughs> no, but for real. But we've seen we've seen progress. Yeah. So yeah. we will continue. It's just we're at a low. Yeah. So continue to be that progress. So. Yeah. Other than that, I think we might be reaching the end of the podcast. Natalia, how do you feel? I feel great. I feel we had a few chills down our spine. We had a few inspirational moments that were <laughs> unplanned. But <laughs> I think overall, really fun episode today. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, we like to close out our episodes with a Latino artist recommendation. Um, and today I will give my Latino artist recommendation of the week is a Mexican duo called Daniel Me Estás Matando. Um, they are two guys who are from Mexico and they sing music that has a bolero style but with a modern twist on it and it's really beautiful music so if you are a fan of boleros uh, and you want to listen to a a duo that does them in a little bit more modernized version you should definitely check out Daniel Me Estás Matando Um, their songs are really good I love Que se siente que me gustes tanto. I think it's very romantic and cute. Lo hice te dejé is a little bit sadder, but really good. Es verdad is also really good. And Diez Pasos Hacia Ti. These are all beautiful. Some of them are really poetic. And I like to read the lyrics and like get really inspired because like Aww. sometimes they just be saying things and i'm like that came from your brain <laughs> that is so poetic like that is insane i love i love poets what can i say <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fan so definitely check them out uh i think that they're a nice like calm duo to listen to and really beautiful stuff but yeah but yes and with that we have reached the end of episode Five. Mm-hmm. Thank you all very much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Thank you for all the love that you guys have been giving us on the clips and social media. And that social media again is at Hand Me Down Pod on TikTok and on Instagram. Go ahead. You can watch the video version on Spotify or on YouTube. And you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. Thank you again. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. The Hand Me Down podcast is produced and hosted by Natalia Delgado and Alan Gallardo. This episode was edited by Alan Gallardo and the social media clips are edited by Natalia Delgado. And I'm the associate producer, Milena Ortega. We'll see you next week. Perfect. I feel like my fucking voice sounds crunchy.